Hello, this is Mary from Casing the Cover, and as library rats, my co-host Jen and I happen across numerous crappy covers, atrocious authors, sad titles, and the occasional masterpiece. We spend an unhealthy amount of time decoding how cover designs can be humorously contrary to the story within, and how publishers lure unsuspecting readers. Should you judge a book by the cover? Join Mary and Jen on the case to find out. Hello, this is Casing the Cover. It's, it's, there's no intro this week. It is the end of the year. Christmas is in a week. We are recording last minute. This is going to be our year wrap up and we are neither of us sane today. Sorry in advance. <laughs> I am Mary and with me as always from a distance is my co-host Jen. Hi Jen. Hello. Yes, we are from a distance but always so close together. <laughs> Something like that. It's it's a weird week. Um, for those of you who didn't catch our little 30 second explanation last week um we lost an episode this month so this is kind of our one episode for the month i hope this one is okay we had some audio issues on jen's end last week i was abducted by aliens um i'm pretty sure that's just par for the course for 2020 they returned me though i think i'm mostly intact except possibly part of my brain that sounds about right um, when I went to edit our episode last week, it literally sounded like one of those voice converters that makes you sound like an alien. What I think we will do is maybe save um, our slideshow for whenever the next time we get to do a live show is, and we will share it with an audience, and that will be fun. But in the meantime, we decided to do kind of a wrap-up of our year, talk about what we did and did not like of our books this year that we read for the pod, maybe talk about some stuff we read off pod that maybe wasn't interesting enough to make it onto the pod. Oh, it was interesting enough. There just wasn't enough time. Well, I read so much. On, at least on your end. On my end, I read things that didn't deserve to be on the pod. Um, <laughs> and then we might give a little preview of some stuff we're going to be doing next year, a couple of the interviews that we have lined up. Um, also, I have a proposal for Jen Uh oh. for an episode idea. Um, so why don't I let you start? Cause Jen read like five books that didn't make it onto the podcast and a couple of them are getting saved for next year, but are there any you'd like to dump now that you don't think you do a whole episode on? Well, okay. So, you know, I read a lot of nonfiction as well as fiction. And right now I'm pulling up my list of books that I read in 2020. Your catalog of books you read. Oh my gosh. So here it is. My, my grand total and I will be finishing another book today, uh, is 33 books I read this year. So of those 33 books that I read, uh, some of the ones that are probably not gonna get talked about, but I thought were really notable, even though they're nonfiction, and they had some interesting titles at the very least. Some of the covers weren't really that interesting. Um, the titles that were interesting were The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. That's a good title. Which is about um, the woman who, she didn't really donate her cells. They kind of stole her cells to create the HeLa cells that are used in labs like all over the world. You probably, if you've ever had anything like, I don't know, I don't even know how to put this, like Henrietta's cells have been in space They've done everything with these cells. They've used them to create vaccines and just everything. It, so it's kind of a sad story, but an interesting story because like her family didn't 
profit from this at all. But, you know, that's what it is to be a woman of color in the 1950s. And let's see, what was another one? I read like everything that the guy that wrote Sapiens, um, and then right now I'm totally unprepared because I don't have his name on here. He wrote Sapiens, uh, Homo Deus, and uh, 21 Lessons from the 21st Century. These are good books. Like, read them all. They're amazing. And let's see, what else did I read that was like, we are not going to talk about this because it's a, it's, you know, why I, we don't talk about nonfiction books so much. Not really, no. Um, oh, Predictably Irrational, which I also thought was a very interesting title. Um, it basically is about like why we do the things we do, even though it seems like it's an irrational choice or it's a choice that doesn't make any sense, or we think that it's, we think that we're being sly about something and it's like, no, you've been totally programmed to do that. Like, is it like a psychology thing? It's a little bit psychology, a little bit economics. Okay. Because like, it's how advertising works and how I, I read weird books, Mary. <laughs> I had a whole like year of my life that I was obsessed with praxeology. Okay. Like what? Praxeology. Explain. Praxeology is not what we do, but the why of what we do. Okay. So like instead of saying like, oh, well, you know, you, you're a person who is late all the time, or you're a person who's on time all the time, or you're a person who does this or that. Um, and this is why. So, and why we have to have like, why traffic lights work and what it's weird. It, I don't know. <laughs> Two weird things, Mary. I'm sorry. <laughs> I already knew that. Um, so yeah, those are, and then of course, you know, I listened to a lot of, uh, audiobooks since you introduced me to like the joy of audiobooks. Mm-hmm. I started re-listening to books that I had read years ago. So like Turn of the Screw and Brave New World. Um, I, I've read those, but I read them so long ago, you know, I don't remember them very well, but I thought I'm going to listen to it. And then if I, doze off in the middle of it then it's okay because I kind of already know the story right so so yeah those are the crazy things that I listen to that we probably will not ever talk about and I'm already starting my list for 2021 of books that I must read oh goodness yeah my my list of off pod books is much shorter than yours go figure um the only thing's that I've read that maybe we'll come back around because I know we want to do a follow-up episode eventually on maybe we could do that early in the year too on um like sequels to the books we read this year because you wanted to read the sequel to Medusa I wanted to read um a beautifully foolish endeavor which I got about halfway through and then it was November and someone forced me to do NaNoWriMo and so I haven't finished it yet um now, the main thing I read off pod this year was the All Souls trilogy, my God. So a few months back, I kept seeing ads on Facebook for A Discovery of Witches, which was this fantasy drama romancy TV show. And I got it from the library and I watched it and it was okay. It was very, very a fantasy drama romancy TV show and the leads were good and it was it wasn't bad. And I was like, this is interesting. But because of COVID, the second season got delayed. 
And so I was like, well, I want to know what happens. Oh, go figure. There's an entire book trilogy. And so I got the book trilogy on ebook because they're they're popular enough that they were not available. The only way to get it was the collection of all three books in one checkout, which was over like 8,000 ebook pages long. Oh my God. And I only had two weeks. And so I had to like keep checking it out over and over again. I like read through the first and the first probably three quarters of the second book like really quickly and then lost it and then had to go back and read the third book. And if ever there was a Twilight for adults, it is this series. (laughs) And it's this witch and this vampire and they fall in love even though they shouldn't. In the show, the leads are very charismatic. And they like introduce the villains of the show early in the show so that you actually know who they are and there's someone to reference. And they start like lining up kind of conflicts early on and it's just pretty well structured. And it's 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 chintzy and it's stupid and it's romancy nonsense, but it's okay. And it's the kind of crap I watch. But the book, the main guy is so unlikable. Like they cut out all his asshattery for the TV show because he's way more controlling in the book and he's kind of just an asshole in the book and it is totally like if Edward Cullen were a little older and also even more of a controlling douchebag and wasn't trying to hide it and if Bella were intelligent and was just ignoring all the red flags this is very cringy (laughs) it was so cringy and I read all of it I read all of it Jen well I'm very proud of you (laughs) And there is, you know, the magical vampire pregnancy element. And there's time travel, which everyone that likes this series is like, oh, the time travel's so great. No, it's really boring. And these books don't, they don't introduce the bad guys like until you have to face the bad guys. Like, so the plot of the book is that there's vampires, there's witches, there's demons, and there's, and there's humans. And the vampires and the witches and the demons, they're all like underground and they don't associate with each other. They're not allowed to really. And they don't, uh, you know, show themselves to the humans and they're all very secrecy. And there's like a witch that's after her because she's got, she's super mega ultra Mary Sue and has all the magic. And there's a vampire that's after them. And then there's another witch that's after them and another vampire. There's like four different people that come after them. And the book, you don't know these characters exist until they're literally trying to kill them. And then they're like defeated two minutes later. It's bad. It's really bad. The plotting is bad. See, and you you mentioned that we both did NaNoWriMo last in November, mm-hmm. which by the way, you kicked my butt at. You finished before me and you wrote like 300 more words than me or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, like- I think about how our NaNoWriMo novels probably have more plot than what you just explained. Oh, mine doesn't. (laughs) Okay, mine might not either because I did a find replace because I used a lot of swears, a lot of swears in my NaNoWriMo novel, probably more swears than I've ever used in my life in, in writing. And I did a find replace just for the F word. <laughs> and it exists a total of like 298 times or something. So these books, like I won't claim that my writing is, my, my NaNoWriMo novel is better, but my NaNoWriMo novel also hasn't been published and made into a TV series. That's what I mean. Like 
people write these novels and think that, oh, well, it's just going to be junk or whatever. And I'm like, yes, but if you have a good editor and you're willing to put the yeah. effort into it, it's probably going to be good because this stuff gets published. Well, and part of the reason why I didn't want to talk about them on the pod is because the covers are also really boring. Like there's nothing interesting about the covers. They're just like colorful and have like symbols on them. They're not that interesting. Um, and the thing is like, the I like the concept the world building is pretty good but just the characters are kind of unlikable and the plots are just so bogged down and like she could have cut three quarters of the plot from these books and it would have been the same and it's just I was like yeah I'm not there's that's about all there is to say about these is they're very bad <laughs> and I'm still gonna watch the next season of the tv show See, but you, you make it sound like the TV show is pretty good, though. TV show? Well, it's not great, but it's better. Because the TV show was, like, interesting enough to keep my interest. It was better paced. They introduced the villains early enough in the show that there were actually threats. They cut out a lot of the extra nonsense. Like, in the books, there's, like, full chapters where they go to, like, vampire yoga. And they cut all that out of the TV show, thank God. And, like, they cut out a lot of the extra fluff. And like I said, they make the lead a lot more charming and a lot less obnoxious and controlling and just kind of unlikable. And they cut out a lot of like the extra characters that are introduced last minute. And so, yeah, it helps. The show definitely has made some choices that make the story a lot, that like play on the strengths of the story and got a really good charismatic cast to kind of lead the story and cut the extra. So, that was the big thing that I read this year. I also started Axum's End, but I haven't finished it. I'm listening to the audiobook right now. Um, but yeah. I just, I kind of devour books. And now that I have the audiobook, you've hooked me on this audiobook thing. Mm. And I, I haven't quite got into it as far as like listening to like fiction that I haven't read before, if that makes sense. So like I listened to, and then there were nine, um, Turn of the Screw and uh, Dune I listened to because I've read those before yeah. and I just wanted kind of like something to listen to and some of the nonfiction ones that I mentioned I I listened to instead of reading so like nonfiction's easier to listen to than to have to sit and read it, it kind of is because it's a little more like a lecture I absorb information better when I'm listening to it. Like I really like watching like video essays and like, um, what do you call them? Uh, documentaries and stuff like that. But when I read information like that, it just goes, I just go blank. Yeah. I, unless there's lots of pictures <clears throat> and bullet points, like pictures and bullet points makes it stick in my head more. Yeah. I, but like, I like watching information. Large like blocks hearing. of text. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's kind of bolstered my my reading in that I'm not really reading it. I'm listening to it while I'm shelving books or cleaning the house yeah. or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I like audiobooks. <laughs> but see, I'm more likely to listen to a podcast than I am a book unless I have to listen to a book because I like podcasts and videos and I do a lot of that. I don't know that there's a difference for me. What do you mean? Well... The podcasts that I listen to are also nonfiction. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, like, I'm either going to listen to nonfiction book in 30-minute increments, mm -hmm. or I'm going to listen to a 30-minute podcast. It's the same. 
that's fair. What about non non book things that you've consumed this year? Non book media, anything interesting? Oh, do you want my list of that too? Oh lord, because you know I'm the queen of lists. I feel like it's probably a shorter list. I, it actually, I think it's about equal. Oh. So my, and I'm gonna say things that I've watched on video or uh, through a video screen because I've watched musicals and ballets and a lot of other weird things. A lot of that is stuff that we've made you watch. Yes, but I, I've learned, my mind has been opened to new and exciting things. I made Jen watch Star Kid. <laughs> Star Kid is about like a fifth of this list, by the way. <laughs> that has been my greatest joy this year is making Jen watch Star Kid. So yes, you introduced me to Star Kid and our friend Katie introduced me to Matthew Bourne ballets mm -hmm. and they are way weird but super interesting i haven't seen any of these yet because i kind of came in too late to see a lot of these and i i think they want to do nutcracker next which i don't know if i'm going to be tuning in for yet well we will hold is. off to okay, watch that I one watch that one because yeah we we have to watch this so yeah i that is 37 i've i've watched 37 things this year and i've watched quite a few tv series though i've watched a whole bunch of uh like netflix tv series and things like that because I watch this kind of stuff at night before i go to bed and there are 30 of those so i have consumed a lot of media this year I always consume a lot of media, but I don't keep track of mine. So I don't, I'm trying to think of anything notable. We really, we watched Love and Monsters, which we thought was really cute. Um, obviously like me and Daniel, our big thing that has always been, we go to the movies and we didn't do that this year and nothing really great came out this year because all the big releases got pushed back. Um, and like, we were waiting for the Mandalorian to finish. So we are not caught up on Mandalorian yet. And we were waiting for the boys to finish. We're not caught up on the boys yet. Um, so like a lot of our big media viewing this year, we haven't done yet. And I'm waiting on WandaVision. Oh my God, I just want WandaVision. That's all I want. I totally want to see that. I All I want. Okay, apparently you and I need to watch WandaVision together because every time I mention it to Max, he's like, what? I'm streaming it the day it comes out, man. I am <laughs> binging it as soon as it's available. I think that's going to be a week to week release. So like Mandalorian. Here's what's been a problem for me is part of the problem is this year because the lack of media, a lot of companies that were doing drop releases on entire series decided to do week to week this, this year. And oh my mm -hmm. God, I hated it so much because I am not a week to week watcher. I like to watch like two or three episodes at a time and be done in a week. Yeah, more like watching a movie. Right. Like it's a good gap of time. You don't have to wait to get through the cliffhanger. Because what I've found is when you watch week to week television, a lot of times they'll leave you with a cliffhanger. You're waiting for a week to watch it. And then you watch it. It's like, oh, the conclusion sucked. I waited a week for that. Like I'd rather just zip through that to the next good thing. And I used to watch, I used to really like the show Once Upon a Time, which is a really stupid, bad show, but I loved it. It was so dumb. And like they do this big cliffhanger and then like the conclusion the next like three weeks later when they come back to it would always be such a letdown that I just stopped liking week to week television. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'm so 
you know I'm not and it sounds like I'm a big time media consumer here because now that I look at the list of craziness that I have but I'm super particular about it yeah 30 tv shows in a year is not that much and well it's 30 tv shows and uh 37 other like non-serial but yeah it's about it's like one a weekend kind of how it looks like it falls in that way but but yeah it's it's fun to do this stuff like I think I've consumed a lot more this year because we've been kind of hanging out on the weekends on Friday nights watching something or binge watching something and so that that's been a big part of why so much of my media consumption because I don't think I've ever watched this much stuff no this is a lot for me I think that if we ever have a enough people to warrant a um patreon our bonus podcast will be mary explaining movies to jen that she hasn't seen yeah and we could go on with that for years because <laughs> jen doesn't watch a lot of movies and she doesn't understand any of my references how about how about comics and web comics uh we've been reading the same one well yeah but i i've read a couple actually no i've only read one I, I'm trying to get you to read the Cursed Princess Club because it's adorable and stupid. And I think I started it, but I only got like a couple episodes into it and I didn't, it was okay. I mean, I'm obsessed with Laura Olympus. I'm fast passing now. I, it's like 50 cents an episode. And so I'm like, I'm doing it. It's my weekly indulgence as I'm fast passing Laura Olympus. It's so good. I cannot wait for them to come up. They're doing a series. They're doing a Jim Henson is animating a series and I'm so excited. Yeah. That it's, one. Yeah. That is a good one. You got me hooked on that one. I love Laura Olympus. It's so good. It's so good. Um, what else? Is there anything else interesting happening this year? Not really. I haven't. There's nothing that really stood out to me as like a must-see thing this year. The only thing that was great this year that I watched was the fourth season of The Crown, which was excellent. Because I am a, I am a, I, I'm into history to a degree. I really like the history of England, especially the royal family stuff. I really like, and think the Crown is just such a good show. And last season it was kind of boring because it was kind of in between royal scandals. And then this year was Margaret Thatcher and Princess Diana. It was a season. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a season. That's a season, all right? My oh, gosh, yeah. the '80s man. <laughs> Yeah, and and you say that the '80s, like, you you don't really have living memory of that, do you? No, I don't. I was not alive in the '80s, but that's when there was a lot of stuff happening with the royal family. Um, Mountbatten was assassinated by the IRA, and you know Margaret Thatcher became the first uh, female prime minister, and Charles married Diana, and all that shit happened during the season. Literally all of it. Yeah. So it was a great season. It was so good. I, so this is now showing the age difference between Mary and I. I have a vague recollection because I was, I was young still, but like I have vague recollection of the craziness that was the eighties and the nineties. And I remember, um, I vividly remember when Princess Diana died. What year was that? I was like, it was 90 something. I'm sure I'd have to look it up. 
but like mid-90s yeah I remember like where I was when that happened yeah they haven't gotten they haven't gotten to that yet I have a feeling the next season will be like probably like start with the death of Princess Di and we'll go through like the Iraq war and like that kind of stuff and the last season will probably be you know COVID because they basically do like a decade at a time, but it's not always like just the 80s. It'll be like from 79 to like 91, kind of sometimes. It'll be like, a, it'll be like decade-ish. Yeah. Um. So they kind of ended off with, I think, um, they didn't end with Diana and Charles getting divorced this last season. So I'm thinking that maybe the first, they kind of will jump a couple years in an episode sometimes. I'm thinking the next like season will probably be like the downfall of their marriage and her death and then kind of going into the early 2000s and kind of dealing with you know 9-11 and all that because that affected them too yeah not as much as some other stuff did obviously but like they touch on like England's reaction to stuff that happens in the U.S. too because like there's an episode about the Kennedy assassination and things like that and so it will we'll see some of that and I'm sure that's going to be a thing that because the they have two more seasons planned so well, you've got a you've got a friend you've got a fluffy I, friend i have a fluffy friend he's been my fluffy friend all day today he's like ah! i don't know if you could heard that <laughs> i kicked my fluffy friend out <laughs> so next next year um what, what are we doing next year we I don't have any books in the pipeline you've got a couple to review still yes but we do have some author interviews lined up do you want to talk about those a little bit Yes, so we do have at least two author interviews. We've got, um, we're hoping to talk to uh, Judith Starkson. And one one of us has got to read her book yet. And we're working on that. We're having some technical difficulties with the ebook. <laughs> and we already read two of the books that I had talk to the authors and hopefully we will talk to them. Um, Susan McElleran, I read Doubt Not the Stars and she owns a bookshop up in the Prescott area. So maybe maybe we'll do a road trip. Episode. We would, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that if and when COVID dies down a little bit, we can do a little road trip and go talk to her in person. That is my hope for this year. That is the one goal for any kind of live anything. I feel like we're probably not going to be doing any live events anytime soon. No. Because everything's going to be canceled in the spring. So like fall at the earliest. Yeah, but I mean, a trip to a small town to visit yeah. a small bookshop, we could probably swing in the summertime, I think. And yeah, that would maybe. be a way for us to get out of the heat. Yeah. Um, that would be lovely. And then um, I just had a conversation with uh, BD... Wood, I hope I said that right. She's the one that read or wrote um, the Eternal Samurai. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited to talk to her. She's a really interesting person. She's been to Japan. She's worked with a lot of organizations here in Phoenix. She's, she's just a super interesting gal. And, and she definitely has a interesting backstory. <laughs> We're going to talk to her. She's so much fun. <laughs> so um yeah history buffs bookstore owners and interesting ladies who travel and see the world we we've got some fun stuff for next year for sure yeah so no no books per se but we've got people lined up 
I also, so Daniel, um, my husband, Daniel, um, suggested a thing we should do for the pod. And I think it's a good idea. I just don't know when. I thought maybe for February, but I don't know if we'll be able to get it done by then. But he suggested that we let our spouses pick books for us to read for the pod. That he picks one for me and Max picks one for you. Okay, I would I would be totally on board with this, but I already know Max will be like, "What? See, you're laughing. You already know what he will pick for me to read. What will he pick for me to read, Mary? Some political nonsense. I don't know. No, James Bond. Oh, <laughs> Let me read it. You know, book. I feel like it has to be a blind pick. It can't be like, "Oh, I love this book. You have to read it." It has to be like a blind, like this book looks stupid. You have to read it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he, okay, but the thing is, Max doesn't read a lot of books. Well, that's just the beauty of it. He doesn't have to read it. They have to pick it based on a cover for us to read. Yeah. Okay. As is the premise of our show. I, I could get behind this. Yes, yeah. I'll see if I can get him to do this. I think that'd be fun. I mean, there's stuff we've been talking about doing for a couple of years that we, I mean, we've, we've actually... We actually hit a few of the things we really want to do this year. We talked about James Patterson, which was a big one for us. Checked up movie posters, which was fun. Um, we talked about the Twilight covers, which of course I was dying to do forever. We've talked about some, some good topics this year. I like doing topic episodes as much as I like doing reviews because I like knowing kind of the motivation behind how some stuff gets put on covers. Yes. I the next big thing that I would really like to do because we haven't done it yet is I want to do a font episode let you do your font episode I need to do my font episode and the other thing I want to do because it's been such a theme with these uh, I don't know if you have seen um the haunting of hill house or the haunting of Bly manor mm -hmm. they're very they're spooky but in that kind of like weird almost gothic kind of way where it's like it's not a jump scare kind of thing. It's a weird psychological mess with your head kind of scary. Yeah. And there are ghosts, but they are very loosely based off of some more like, I guess you could call it classic um, horror literature or spooky literature. I don't even know if I would call some of this stuff horror. Um, it, well, you know, cause Shirley Jackson and things like that, but they are, you can tell they are loosely based on it, but it's interesting what they decide to pick and choose for the purposes of the story mm -hmm. and what they kind of just hint at. And it, if you know the writings, then you're like, oh, I hope they talk about that. And then when they don't, you're like, oh, well, that was a fun little Easter egg. But it, I don't know. I want to talk about that. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Halloween thing, or as we get close to Halloween, could be. Especially since I think they're going to have another season out before Halloween, and I would like to see where they're going with this. So, I don't do spooky, so you'll have to you'll have to tell me all about it. I don't do scary. I I love spooky. I love the spooky. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that I I would like to do. talk a little bit about how they take classic literature and in, are so inspired by it that they do something a little bit different with it. I'd still like to, we talked about in the past 
looking at multiple covers for like a classic novel, which I'd still love to do at some point. We've also, um, I think we should talk about um, movie poster covers. Oh yeah, when they change it because the actors, people are gonna recognize it by the mm -hmm. movie rather than the book itself. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's things in the pipeline we wanna do this coming year. Hopefully, um, we've, we've, with the exception of our lost Hallmark episode, we've stayed on track with our schedule this year, despite the nonsense that this year has been. Hopefully we can continue to do that in the coming year. I think our schedule is going to be the same. We're still looking at two Tuesdays a month. We'll get episodes. We're not increasing, but we're not planning on decreasing at this time either. Um, so yeah, I think we got some good stuff looking forward. Yes, lots of fun things. Is there anything else we want to touch on, Miss Jen? I don't know. I think I think we have done a pretty good wrap up of our year of adventures and craziness in the world of books and book covers. So I think that just about wraps up our wrap up. Is there anything else we'd like to say, Jen? I I think the best thing we can say is we made it through 2020. We did. And yeah battered, bruised, or better for it. We <laughs> made it through 2020. <laughs> I, you know, we should do it for our first month. We should do apocalypse novels, post-apocalyptic novels. Oh, yeah. We've made it through the apocalypse. We made it through the apocalypse. I like it. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's an apocalypse movie I do want to talk about, too. It's one of those that, like, I think everybody needs to see because it's very different than the usual apocalypse movie so i think we should we'll talk about that one i have to find it though because it's obscure and like italian or portuguese oh, or Lord. something like that <laughs> generally watches movies with subtitles <laughs> yes i only watch movies with subtitles <laughs> you're so sophisticated jen <laughs> <I'm> so sophisticated <laughs> and i watch star kid <laughs> also sophisticated just saying Hey, I told you what Star Kid was. I don't know if we've put this out there in the we world. We have not. We have not. I I am gonna say it right here, right now, and let this be the worst thing that comes out of 2020. Star Kid is Shakespeare. It is modern day Shakespeare. I Jen thinks that she's saying something that's like so controversial, but I think she is a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> Star Kid is Shakespeare. I need that on a button. <laughs> it is. It is for the masses. It is. It is uh, pop culture referential. It is. It is. It is Star Kid. It, it is. It's Shakespeare, and and it's freely available to the masses because they put it on YouTube. They don't put it behind a three hundred dollar ticket paywall. <laughs> Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I guess that's how I'm going to end 2020's last episode with Starkin and Shakespeare. <laughs> I wish Mary it. over the edge. It's a good place to end it. All right. Well, until next year, y'all. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you so much for cracking another case with Mary and Jen. To learn more about Casing the Cover, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Casing the Cover. To contact us or suggest a book, email casingthecoverpod at gmail.com. New episodes of Casing the Cover release the second and fourth Tuesday on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, and Stitcher.